these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. Oh my gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. I like Mike. I lick Mike. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. You know, I don't think I can start in the normal way. I just have a clip that I heard this morning that I have to get off my chest. I just, wow. I just have to get this off the chest. This wow, is from breaking format. This is from MSNBC this morning. Is it possible that by tomorrow night the impeachment trial is over and we've turned the corner on this major question and this major moment in history? More than possible, I would say likely. There you go. Oh, so there is a God. <laughs> That's the reporter, the their, their, their impeachment reporter on MSNBC. No, it's not only possible, it's likely. It's kind of ended the conversation. How exciting. <laughs> bing, bing, <laughs> bong, bong, bing, 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 bing. It's over. It's over. But what if they... Oh, my gosh. Uh, John Bolton. What about John Bolton? Anyway, live from Studio C, Dilly Lightroom, something or other. Nice. And today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The question and answer period. Does anyone have a question? John? John? Yeah, uh, what are we going to talk about uh, uh, the third quarter? Uh, we talked about the third quarter. We've already talked about the third quarter. All right? Do we have any other questions? Any other questions? No. I watched hours of the question and answer thing yesterday. I was uh, more r- r- riveted than I expected, just because I like a good argument. Anybody who thinks I don't like a good argument, well, I'll tell you, yeah, I'll tell you. Um <laughs> All they did was, like, lob softballs at their own yeah. team so they could yeah. restate their that's, argument. That's what I was not expecting. I was hoping it would be the hard question. I thought you, they were going to ask the other side questions, like, to try to drill down. But, no, it was, everybody says you're fantastic. Why do you think you're so fantastic? Well, thanks for that question. <laughs> right. The reason people think I'm so fantastic, it was that. <laughs> the president clearly guilty. How guilty do you think he is? So, anyway... As we just heard, it's over. Even according to MSNBC, it's going to be over tomorrow afternoon. Mm, mm, um, mm, mm. We'll see. Adam Schiff is a crafty, crafty bastard. I think you brought this up yesterday. Have you ever been in a meeting? I'm talking not uh, impeachment, just like at work, meeting for something. And they, they say, does any, anybody have any questions? And it oh. added to the meeting, like made things better. Not very often. Almost never. Close to never. Close enough to never that we should stop opening it up for questions. Well, and the sacred principle I pitched yesterday was that the leader of the meeting say, hold your questions until the end because I'm probably going to cover them. That's a good one. Man, I was at a meeting not too long ago in which... Not only were people asking long-winded and 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 dumb questions, <laughs> uh, but but there was alcohol being served, and so it just degenerated. The problem is the people that should the, that shouldn't ask questions ever, really. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I got a question. <laughs> you think you're better than me? I got three points. <laughs> the people that shouldn't ask questions always ask questions. There is an inverse. Yep. Correlation between 
you know, questiony talent and the desire to ask one. Well, there's also this too, and this this uh, I don't mean to be demeaning. I never ask questions, but there's an there seems to be an inverse relationship between your importance to the gathering oh, and boy. whether or not you're going to ask a question. Uh, yeah, oh qu- boy! Quick follow up question. No, seriously, do you think you're better than me? <laughs> the, the people that have the lowest like power and responsibility. I mean, the people that are... Maybe they're trying to climb. The people that are closest to... If we replaced you with somebody else, nobody would notice. Right. The people that are closest to that ask the most questions. And have the most uh, comments. On the text line, tell me that's not the truth, where you work. 415-295-KFTC. He thinks he's better than me. (laughs) Yeah, quick question. Do you think you're better than me? (laughs) That is a good question. Uh, Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons. Flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing great. This is a reminder, guys. Do not eat breakfast tomorrow, okay? Because I will be bringing a Super Bowl feast for you of of the cheese dip. And and I have something special this year. Um, do you guys like mini tacos? Like little tiny tacos? Oh, for God's sake. Like this mini donkeys? Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's somewhat like that, Jack. <laughs> So, yeah, some chicken and cheese mini tacos along with this beautiful cheese dip. So, what? Wait, wait a second. Yeah. So, uh, okay, the cheese dip, it's a Super Bowl party thing. The, now, the mini tacos were yeah. just. Uh... I'm just adding them in. Okay. I, it, it, what happened was I ended up with a box of these 72 <laughs> mini tacos. Well, okay. So, are these oh, from Costco or something? Yeah. Well, okay, feel free. Oh, but yeah. Your oh, homemade very dip. Disappointing. I, I was supposed to take them to a party, and it turns out that they're going to be gone. These people are going to be gone. And so, I'm stuck with this box of Freezer mini tacos. case mini tacos. Yeah. Bring it, them in. Huh? Bring them I, in. I figured yeah. Sean would like them, if nothing else. I'm a little confused by I was supposed to go to this party, and it turns out they're going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to go. How does that occur? It was a family party, and it turns out they're going to travel on Super Bowl weekend. Oh, about so. my Super Bowl party, I forgot. I'm not going to be here. Yeah, you can feel free to show up. But, uh... That's what they said. I could use a TV. whoop de do. Yeah. Like, wow. I'd never be able to find another TV anywhere else. You know? I'm breaking my intermittent fasting to eat cheese dip uh, tomorrow morning. I'm very excited about it. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. It was on this day in the year 19... Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> Take two. 1835, Andrew Jackson narrowly escapes an assassination attempt. Now, I believe that uh, the furious 67-year-old Jackson, when a uh, somebody shot at him but the gun misfired, he charged him, beat him down with his walking cane. During the scuffle, the assailant pulls out another gun. That one misfires. Oh, man. And, and then finally, the, uh, they, they're able to separate him. And, uh, and Andrew Jackson, if you don't know much about him, he was already looking for a reason to pummel someone with his walking cane. If oh, you boy. just give him a reason, oh, that's his favorite day. He was 67 when he took that guy down? Yes. Wow. He was a tough son of a gun, man. He had a rough childhood. I read uh, American Lion, his biography. Turns out he wasn't a lion at all. Oh, wow. <laughs> Liars. Yeah, it kept you. But kept he was mean as hell. Oh, boy. <laughs> Finished last page. What the hell? Oh, yeah. man. I was duped completely. <laughs> He was also a, a, a passionate... Now, Jack's going to make an idiotic joke. I so will not. just brace yourself. I will not. He, he, uh, he loved his family and friends passionately. He was one of the most loyal uh, friends and, and fathers and uncles and, and that you could ever have. So he either loved you with his entire being 
or would beat you unconscious. There was very little in between with old Landy. He ran hot and cold. Stay stay on the right side of that line would be my advice. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. Hey, uh, uh, President Jackson, how are you doing today? No, no, I mean it. I mean, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's your mood? (laughs) It's Thursday, January the 30th, the year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then. Let's begin officially, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. But I'm confident of this. If there are additional witnesses, if the Democrats get their wish to call John Bolton as the 18th witness in this matter, I am confident we're not going to do the kind of one-sided partisan show that the House did. We're going to be fair to both sides, which means if we call John Bolton, I promise you we're calling Hunter Biden, too. Okay. All right. Here we go. I think that might might be what had uh, turned everything in the whole uh, the whole impeachment. Everybody realized if we open the door for witnesses, both sides, it's going to get really ugly, and this is going to take like six months. I think that's what happened. Uh, it's the way it's shaping up to me. I'm out of the prediction business because it's just it's, the whole thing's been so nutty. Uh, when when Nancy last uh, March said there is no way you can have an impeachment that's just one party. It's a terrible idea. At that moment, I thought, well, okay, so it's not going to happen. Well, I was wrong. Wrong as can be. Mm. How's mailbag look? The truth beat me like Andrew Jackson. Wow. Uh, Mailbag is outstanding, Jack. It includes sarcasm, irony, uh, ethos, pathos. And I would like to see your texts on the uh, the truth that the people that ask questions in meetings are inversely related (laughs) to how important you need to be. You are in the meeting at all. Oh, boy. Text line is 415-295-KFTC, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Kind of our thing. So we'll, do, we'll do that today. It's our goal. Did you know? You can email us at mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Hmm. New poll out of Iowa. Once again, a different person on top. So whatever. <laughs> whatever. We'll wait till we'll wait till Tuesday. Like some sort of wild orgy. Tell me what happens every, on Tuesday. Different person on top every time you look, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was a good one. <laughs> Is it? Mailbag. <laughs> How about the first pictures of the sun emerging? The oh, surface of the sun. Those are incredible. They are incredible. I've seen the sun. We'll have to talk about that later. I'm not impressed. <laughs> Did you see the pictures with like the scale of the earth in front of it to show you just how big? Like, Yeah, it's, it's mind-boggling. Oh, man. It's bigger, right? The sun? Yes, Joe. Right. <laughs> you can see the wonder with Joe. <laughs> Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Corruption is a cancer. A cancer that eats away at a citizen's faith in democracy. Diminishes the instinct for innovation and creativity. That's That's Joe Biden. Oh, really? Joe Biden. That's exactly what I was talking about yesterday when I was hearing a story about yet another government building being built at uh, 
three times the original cost, and it's not done very well, and now it sits empty for all kinds of stupid reasons. Right. And it's just it's just crept of the taxpayer. And it, wherever you are listening right now, it has happened in your county or state. Probably, yeah. And it certainly happened yeah. with your tax money. And it's just that sort of corruption has really almost made it hard for me to pay attention to anything. Because it's just... Well, it's just it's rampant. It would, I don't even know how you'd end it. There's no ending it other than squeezing them, not giving them money. Well, listen, and, and we're not here to discourage you, but if that sort of corruption existed, well, it does. And most of us were mad about it and fighting it, and there was an effort underway, and you'd you know meet somebody at random on the street, and you'd say, how about that? And they'd say, yeah, I know. But no, what really gets to me is nobody cares. Well, the reason <laughs> nobody knows. The reason that particular kind of corruption is so hard to fight is it's the bread and butter of both parties. Right. Serving right. constituents. Who's fight it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving along. John, one of many people to make uh, a similar comment. Fantastic One More Thing podcast, guys. It was great to hear Marshall back mixing it up with y'all. Hope he'll pop in from time to time, update us on retirement. Great show. Thanks, John. Yeah, Marshall uh, swung by, and we did a One More Thing podcast, which is available at armstrongandgetty.com. It was great to see Marsh and chat with him. He's now married and has three children. Surprisingly, yeah. Uh, Speaking of uh, those who are no longer in their 30s, I'll just say that. We've posted a video for you at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, it is labeled, We Are Never Too Old. 90-year-old woman does a double backflip. Unbelievable. I watched it. It was amazing. It was. It, I was afraid watching it, but it, 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 it will shock you. On a tramp or just standing it on the ground? It will shock you. She's just standing on the ground. Oh, wow. my God. Um, armstrongandgetty.com. Do you see that, Hanson? You posted that yet? No. Uh, soon, though. Soon. Does Excellent. She, does she do you it? You should on? see his body language. It's hilarious. <laughs> what if she did it on the surface of the sun? That'd Looks be quite like the video. Trying to land a helicopter on an aircraft carrier. Uh, on the surface of the sun, which is bigger than the earth, according to Jack. <laughs> uh, the gal who said uh, Los Angeles Nakers and was uh, going to be fired for about 10 seconds while the fake outrage police feigned their anger? Yeah, it seems like he was just the kind of athlete, the kind of star that was perfectly cast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers. Kavita, if I could ask you to stay with us. For- there, uh, Baba writes, uh, yes, she said Los Angeles Nakers, but she could just as easily have said New York Licks. Much funnier and less racist. <laughs> Thank you, Bubba, for that suggestion. New York licks. Uh, here's Brad in Cape Coral, Florida. Hey, guys, thanks for the Antiques Roadshow update yesterday. Hey, those car auctions on ESPN are pretty cool. Any news there? Waiting in anticipation. Brad. I, what is that? I, I'm not sure. I, I think that's sarcasm. <laughs> I think that is sarcasm. You didn't think sir? it was extraordinary that a guy showed up with a $300 watch that's worth a half a million dollars? And he, uh, they're saying 700000 And he passed half out million. when they told him. <laughs> Now, that's a good story. You have no judgment for what's a good story, sir. Dave in Oakland writes, is it real or fake? Starring Joe Getty. Guys, I saw in the news clip you talked about from Antiques Roadshow, the guy who claimed to have classic Rolex. That guy's clearly wearing a costume, fake beard, and does the lamest fake fall ever. Please watch and give your judgment on real or fake. My contention is that Antiques Roadshow is looking for some publicity, which they got, and they used a low-budget PBS-type actor to pull off the caper. <laughs> You know, Dave, I think that was actually a long, hard, bearded, old Air Force guy who had an ancient Rolex. 
Which, for some reason, he never threw on his wrist. Who found out he's now rich and went, oh, my God. Right. As any of us would do. Plunge to the ground. An antique roadshow truther. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. JT, beautiful Livermore, California, writes uh, on a number of topics handily sectioned off in bullet points. On the critical race theory story about how advocating for lawfulness is racist because incarceration affects blacks disproportionately, honestly, that's, that's, we explained it yesterday. Listen to the podcast if you missed it. But, yeah, the, uh, the super woke crowd is now saying that if you advocate for a rapist to be imprisoned, that's actually racist because imprisonment disproportionately affects people of color. Uh, a bizarre and, and bass-ackwards uh, uh, argument, but... Uh, J.T. writes, isn't it time to start asking freshman philosophy questions of these critical race theory idiots? For example, the trolley problem. Only instead of the original question, have it be five Hispanic people on the first track and a single black person on the second track. Or have it be five young white children on one track and a convicted black murderer on the second track. Well, they'd they'd go for killing the white children. They, They would say that was an easy one. And then finally he writes, Don Lemon has elevated the non-apology to a new level. The apology that actually confirms exactly what he's accused of. Uh, he claims he was not laughing at any group of people. Except the joke he laughed at was specifically and exclusively about a particular group of people. Can I laugh at a bigoted race-based joke and claim I wasn't laughing at any group of people? I don't think so. Uh, no, you can't. No. It doesn't. That does not work. The sour Don Lemon. I just Lemon. thought the joke was funny. So... <laughs> That's a good laugh. It's a man who's seriously amused right there. <laughs> Don Lemon. What's the latest with impeachment? Well, it's 180 degrees from where the latest was yesterday at this time. So, who knows? But we'll bring you up to speed on this important historic matter. So, books will be written about what was going on behind the scenes, and I will read them because I think it was probably uh, pretty interesting conversations being had this week among senators, particularly in the Republican Party, and what Mitch McConnell was saying to them, and uh, pressure they're getting from their own constituents. As it was right on, it still is kind of on the the razor thin line of are there four Democrat, uh, four Republicans to go along with witnesses or not? The current story seems to be no, there are not. There seem to be two solid, one maybe, and the fourth one just ain't hanging out there somewhere. And uh, that means no witnesses, and if they're not, they're immediately going to go to the vote on the articles of impeachment, and there's no chance of that. So it's over tomorrow afternoon. Good night, everybody. Impeachment's over. What? It's over? Are you, you mean? Do you mean over? Over? Like it's over? Yeah, it's over. Close the lights. The end of the book. That's where you put the end. It's over. <laughs> and we're through here. Which is going to be shocking. Tra- I, I'm a little confused, Jack. Are you trying to tell me that the breathless and thinly sourced reporting by all the mainstream media yesterday was inaccurate? Well, I uh, uh, always agree with that uh, characterization. I don't think that was inaccurate, though. 
And, uh, you know, it depends on what their interpretation was. But I think it was accurate. Everybody was reporting. Mitch McConnell said to Republicans in their, their, their meeting with everybody, we don't have the votes to stop. Right. But what was the strategy in him saying that and knowing that was going to get out? What, what leverage did he apply? And then the president's role when he started tweeting about various things. And so that's that's the real interesting part to me. Well, and you might be right about that. I'd have to think about that. I I, I just for the sake of the argument, I'm going to accuse you of overthinking it. Although I don't, I don't know that I'm right. I think he's. That's said, not usually Jack's problem. No, that's not my wheelhouse. That, <laughs> that's um, not my brand. I just think it was it was dumb and inaccurate because it was a snapshot of a moment in time of a moving process. At that moment, no, he did not have the votes to stop. Um, uh, witnesses coming forward, but we hadn't had the question and answer yet, and we hadn't had the caucus discussion about whether to do it or not. So, no, at this point, we don't, but I didn't really expect to. I think it was the, like, come to Jesus, like when your boss says, well, we're going to have to shut our doors at the end of this month if we stay on the track we're currently on. Right. Or if you say to your family, look, we spent more money than we made last month. Mm-hmm. That can't continue. I think it was one of those. Right. I think it was Can like families he, sometimes do that? That's admirable. I think it was getting everybody's attention. Mm. We do not have the votes to stop witnesses right now. Wow. So this is going to continue, and they're going to be... And I think that made everybody think, well, I just I assumed would that there'd be enough other people that... Uh, on a similar topic, during the next hour of the award-winning Armstrong and Getty show, we will talk to David Drucker of the Washington Examiner about the never-Trumpers in the Republican Party and how they were quietly plotting to back the Democrat in the coming election. And then they realized it might be the crazy old socialist, and they said, "Uh uh-oh! So more on that to come. We also have to talk about that tunnel they found south of San Diego, longest tunnel ever between Mexico and the United States, three-quarters of a mile long, Holy crap! That's right. When Hillary was saying, build bridges, not walls, the cartels were saying, we're building tunnels. (laughs) Oh, boy. Now, some of us are are blessed with good health and and, and, and mental acumen in our old age. Some of us are not, and and it's a tragedy uh, when, when folks are not. It's very sad. On the other hand, you got Alan uh, Dershowitz, who is 81 years old, and if you told me he was 61, I'd say, oh, okay. He's amazing intellectually, and, and just, it's it's amazing. Um, putting that aside, uh, he's also got the vim and vigor of a man half his age, and he's part of the president's defense team, and he's been... I don't have either one of those. N- n- neither vim nor vigor? No vim, sans vigor. Uh, so anyway, he was—he's uh, mostly addressing constitutional arguments, and it's come up quite a few times uh, during the wranglings this past week. Uh, Adam Schiff, the Schiff Show, and and his buddies will bring up repeatedly that uh, quite a number of academics disagree with Professor Dershowitz, and really, it's more academics disagree with Dershowitz, and and he's been kind of taking it on the chin. Thinly veiled allegations that he's a wackadoo and he's out there. Well, I think old man Dershowitz had had enough last well, night. Well, moments before this happened, 
Schiff was standing out there saying, Adam Dershowitz is the only professor out there saying this. Right. So I think that got under his skin. Right, yeah. And so he uh, he replied. You asked what happened between 1998 and the current to change my mind? What happened between the 19th century and the 20th century to change the mind of so many scholars? Let me tell you what happened. What happened is that the current president was impeached. If, in fact, President Obama or President Hillary Clinton had been impeached, the weight of current scholarship would be clearly in favor of my position because these scholars do not pass the shoe on the other foot test. These scholars are influenced by their own bias, by their own politics, and their views should be taken with that in mind. They simply do not give objective assessments of the constitutional history. Professor Tribe suddenly had a revelation himself. At the time when Clinton was impeached, he said, Oh, the law is clear. You cannot, you cannot charge a president with a crime while he's the sitting president. Now we have a current president. Professor Tribe got woke. And with no apparent new research, he came to the conclusion, oh, but this president can be charged while sitting in office. That's not the kind of scholarship that should influence your decision. You can make your own decisions. Go back and read the debates, and you will see that I am right that the framers rejected vague, open-ended criteria abuse of power and what we had is the manager made a fundamental mistake again she gave reasons why we have impeachment yes we feared abuse of power yes we feared criteria like maladministration that was part of the reason we feared incapacity but none of those made it into the criteria because the framers had to strike a balance here are the reasons we need impeachment yes now, here are the reasons we fear giving Congress too much power. So we strike a balance. How did they strike it? Treason, a serious crime. Bribery, a serious crime. Or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Crimes and misdemeanors akin to treason and bribery. That's what the framers intended. They didn't intend to give Congress a license to decide who to impeach and who not to impeach on partisan grounds. I read you the list of 40 American presidents who have been accused of abuse of power. Should every one of them be impeached? Should every one of them have been removed from office? It's too vague a term. Reject my argument about crime. Reject it if you choose to. Do not reject my argument that abuse of power would destroy, destroy the impeachment criteria of the Constitution and turn it, in the words of one of the senators of the Johnson Tile, to make every president, every member of the Senate, every member of Congress be able to define itself from within their own bosom. We heard from the other side that every senator should decide, the criteria, should decide whether you need proof beyond a reasonable doubt or proof by a preponderance. Now we hear that every senator should Thank decide the abuse of power. Thank you, Mr. Thank you. Justice. So the professor Tribe is talking about is another Harvard Law professor who wrote an op-ed in one of your newspapers, Wall Street Journal Post. Um, and uh, he's a super heavyweight. And yeah, he's a big yeah. one, like Dershowitz, saying Dershowitz is completely wrong. <laughs> Dershowitz saying, oh, he got woke. He got woke. Yeah. Except but, Tribe is always conveniently on the side of Democrats. Um, yeah, well, what, what gives Alan Dershowitz the most credibility is obviously that he is, if you've been following him for years, I've been listening to him my whole adult life on various things, he is so a lefty. 
in his politics, and he always supports the Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives him way more credibility. But he's absolutely right. Of course, these people uh, would feel differently if it were Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. Right. We all know that. Well, and a lot of Trump fans would be howling for Obama's high. Oh, yeah, sure. If he'd done the same things, too. I, I'm not against partisanship. It's always going to exist, and it's okay. Among legal scholars, well, I am. Well, well, right. Well, that's where I was going. I mean, the one side keeps a close eye on the other one because they don't like them. It's kind of useful in a way. But, yeah, when you raise somebody up on high as some sort of oracle of truth and wisdom, and the truth is they're just a Democrat hack, it's, it doesn't help advance the discussion. You know, there were 17 witnesses the House called and got their testimony. The idea that the trial isn't allowing witnesses is just a falsehood. It's just the whole thing is so silly. God, it needs to be over. Please. So we got a fair number of texts about uh, if this happens at your workplace, and I knew that it did, that the people that ask questions that prolong meetings, there's an inverse relationship between uh, the number of questions asked in the people and the actual importance they have to your company. Right. <laughs> and that seems to be true most places with some of those texts coming up. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Looking forward to it. I don't, I don't want to come off as mean. I've been, at, I, I've been in many a meeting where I was the bottom person there. Many a meeting. But I kept my mouth shut. Hmm. I knew I had, I knew I was unimportant. And none of this, nobody was talking about me because my job was so simple and stupid, a monkey could do it. So you weren't going to unleash some sort of long comment while everybody sat there glassy-eyed or some <laughs> probing question. Anyway, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Who asks the meetings or the questions in your meetings that prolongs them? Uh, we got to talk about what China's up to. we got to talk about that long tunnel they found underneath the border. Uh, there's going to be an interesting Super Bowl ad about dogs, if you haven't heard this story. I like dogs. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I couldn't believe this. this is a crazy story. Sales of Corona beer are down because people are mistakenly connecting it to the coronavirus. It's true, yeah, yeah. The same thing happened a few years ago to Ebola beer. Remember that? Remember when no one was buying bird flu hot pockets? Uh, is that true? Is it true? And, and if it is true, is it because people think they get the virus from Corona, or is it just... You know, I could get this one or that one, and you know, that one just reminds me of a disease, so I think I'll drink this one. Because I can see doing that. And I, I don't could care if I grab this beer or that beer. Why get the one that sounds like a disease? Well, it might. It's probably not even conscious. You just think, what? Well, which one do I want? And you have some weird no feeling about the Corona, so you reach for the Dos Equis or whatever. I suppose. And that could also be completely not true. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> Unless you're, you know, a stockholder and whoever makes Corona. This just in, it doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that giant tunnel that they discovered right underneath the border 
three quarters of a mile long, four thousand some feet long. Yeah, astounding. Just, and like five feet by three feet, I can't imagine going through that thing. I don't have claustrophobia, but I couldn't go in that tiny tunnel. I get um, half a mile into it, I'm starting to think like oh, not good thoughts. It wouldn't take it wouldn't take a half a mile for me. Paranoia get, starts to crawl up. <laughs> maybe I am claustrophobic because I get a little oogie thinking about going yeah. way in there. Oh, geez. Um, but it had like a lot of these tunnels. It had a railway and air conditioning and lights and the whole thing. I mean, yeah. it was, and then on the other end of uh, border protection, a giant border wall, thirty foot border wall, we built uh, blew over in the wind. Um, and, and so that video is very popular, and it's an attempt to uh, beat up Trump for being uh, whatever that. But but it hadn't been cemented in yet. So oh, they, they put up the wall. Okay. The cement hadn't cured yet, and then the wind blew it over. Fake news. Fake news. I had a uh, an opportunity to do, do a little spelunking as a very young man, uh, cave exploration, and uh, the uh, it became clear to me that part of it was squeezing through like little tunnels, like long little tunnels Underwater? between the bedrock. No, just like tunnels between the rocks, oh, okay. narrow openings. And my immediate, instinctive, overwhelming uh, reaction was and is to this day that ain't happening. No way. I'm out. Goodbye. Enjoy yourselves. I'm going back to the picnic. And what are you um, hoping to find when you do that? The Like the next room. The, the adventure. I mean, there's like, uh, often in caves you have like a, a, a nice room, a, a cave room where you look around, oh, this is amazing. And then the truly amazing room, all you have to do is crawl on your belly. Um, Got to keep your head down because it's only about, you know, 15 inches on this opening for like 20 yards. To get to the big room with the stalactites and the rest of it. And I was like, why don't you take some pictures and send them to me? Because I ain't doing that. It's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a You're either born with it or not, I guess. I don't remember how we got on the topic of the people who ask questions in meetings. But it definitely struck a nerve with folks. Well, some of the dumb questions. The Q&A at the, uh, the Senate hearing. The impeachment. Uh, yeah, but we were just talking about regular business meetings. I've become homicidal sometimes when coworkers will continually ask questions during meetings. And when they ask, are there any questions, I've prayed, please, God, no. Please, God, no. Make this end. But somebody always asks a question. Yeah, we all do that. All the rest of us, except for a certain kind of person that have a different gene makeup than us, who are willing to ask questions. Yes. And it's not like it's different people every time. No. It's the same people every time that ask the questions. And the rest of us would never ask a question. Right. And it's generally people at the bottom of the totem pole whose time wastage is is inversely correlated to how important they are to the organization. I hate the people who only ask questions to make everyone know how smart they are. They only ask questions which they already know the answer. They just have something to say. That's a certain kind of breed. You just want to talk. You just want to be part of the meeting. You remember at that first station we worked at, Elise, the squirrel, we called her? She was very squirrel-like in many ways. Physically, her mannerisms. She could scurry up a tree. <laughs> but she she was the queen of prolonging meetings with idiotic questions. <laughs> it's the receptionist. Nice gal. Oh, yeah. The first few meetings I ever had, I was that idiot asking stupid questions, but I quickly realized where I fit in and knocked that ass off. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, does it scale? Nice self-awareness, realizing, <laughs> yeah. oh, wait, nobody else is asking questions. And everybody's looking at me looking miserable, so maybe I won't ask questions anymore. It's always the least relevant person asking the most irrelevant question. Yes, that is true. Oh, yeah. Um, well, Pete, uh, tr- Trust us, those who hold the meetings understand 
that uh, the people asking the questions are uh, are a certain breed. But they do it anyway. Why do you do it? Why don't you just not have questions? I tell you what, the greatest divide in mankind is not, you know, black and white or Sunni and Shia or anything like that. It's people who occupy a certain amount of time and then their work day is done. And then people who have a certain amount they have to get done and then they can stop working. And those who merely fill time have every incentive to prolong the meeting because it's easy. You don't have to do anything. You're just sitting there shooting the ass with your coworkers. The people on Earth who have a certain amount to get done can't stand that. It also seems that those who hold meetings least understand their meetings could have just been emails. Except for the previous guy who said he does understand. That's a pretty good gal. one. They let women be bosses now, Uh, Jack. The person who asks the question at the meeting reminds me of that one guy in my community college night class who raises her hand when the professor says, before we go home, does anyone have any questions? And it's never a good question. Uh Even if it was a good question, don't ask it. God, it's funny. You're just built that way or not. It's the end of the night. We're all tired. Are there any questions? All of us, except for like two people, are thinking, of, I might have a question, but I'm not going to ask it. I want to go I'm going to walk up and ask after he dismisses <laughs> I'm everybody. I'm not going to hold up everybody else. Which brings me to the Joe Getty axiom or principle or law. I don't know what it is. Uh, should you subject everyone else to your question? That's Will a good they one. be enlightened by your question, or is it really just for you? Yeah, if I like it that. is, wait till after. That's the best kind of question. The one that is completely specific to what you do. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, on my time card, there was a thing. Right. <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, let me at him. Let me at him. Is that the whole incompetent people don't know they're incompetent? I that think it's study? a factor. Yes. It's got to be. What's that called again? The, uh, well... I think uh, I've realized something about myself. <laughs> uh, well, there's the there's the Peter principle. No, no, no. It's the, uh, the Dunning Kruger effect. The Dunning Kruger yeah. effect. The less the conf- competence, the more the confidence. Mm. I just saw this headline. There's a cruise ship in Italy with seven thousand people on board. They're not letting anybody get off because some people they think might have the coronavirus. Oh, seven thousand people trapped on a cruise ship with a bunch of people that might have the coronavirus. Death ship. That sounds like a good time. Brr. So you want to get up on the deck and cough some more? 